presentation with Mike and Ethan or Elf will not be seen tonight. We have finally reached Advent Calendar compilation number three or lightning round as it was referred to on another podcast. Ah, finally, we're finally, this is the last Christmas thing of 2021. So no more Christmas. No till, more Christmas. Oh, I, I don't know. Christmas I don't know if we should make that uh, promise because there are a lot of things that are Christmas related that we might want to get to before Christmas, but. That's true. I mean, we might as well. This is going to be the, this is going to be the last year. So might as well get it all in. Very true. I mean, we don't know that we're even going to be alive by the end of 2021. So. So yeah, so uh, on that on that on on that jolly note, please enjoy Advent Calendar number three. This time with our special guest star Oralina, uh, previously of Show, and also our Smurfs episode. Yes, and she is always a delight to have on the show. And you know, and I'm not just saying that because she will kill me if I don't. <laughs> Though she will. <laughs> And she also kill she'll also kill me if I will. That's just that's just what a delight she is. <laughs> On the twenty third day of Christmas, my trailer get to me, Rudolph's shiny new year. Oh, oh yeah. Oh god. Okay, there's a different island, and on every island it's like that island is is a is a year of human history and it's all concurrent and it's fucking insane because whenever they go to a new island there's like a night there's like you know stuff from the 60s it's just fucking bizarre yeah i love how there's personifications for every year how every baby new year grows up to be this representation of the year that he lived in it's actually I... very it's, it's very uncanny and kind of nightmarish but go on <laughs> <laughs> I, I always liked this one. When, I remember when I was a kid and I saw this one and they were like, yeah, the baby New Year's gone to this island where time stands still. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Are they going to be dinosaurs? Oh, shit. I hope they're dinosaurs. Oh, my God. They're going to be dinosaurs. And then they were dinosaurs. <laughs> it's delivered. Yeah, I especially that- love that uh, the year 1023 is the year that all the fairy tales happened. Yeah, that sounds legit. <laughs> but it, before there was even an England, the giant was smelling Englishmen. Well, yeah. And what they go to like old timey like America? Don't they meet Ben Franklin or something in this? No, oh, yeah. Yeah, seventeen seventy six looks just like uh, Benjamin Franklin. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that that stands to reason. I mean, he was pretty big that year. Yeah, they said we've tried the sixties, but it was too noisy. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I forget how did this one end? Did they save the baby? Yeah, they saved the baby because there's a the villain called Eon the Terrible who will only live to be one eon old, and then he will turn into ice and snow. I guess they can't say die, eh, but 
I mean, that's actually a pretty good uh, motivation for him. It's like, if there isn't a new year that I can't turn one E on old. Man, I mean, it's kind of sympathetic, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And he he wasn't a good guy, but at the same time, like, how can you blame him for trying to protect his own existence? Yeah, geez. Okay. I, I literally only remember the dinosaurs in this. <laughs> okay, that's good. So let's go to the next one. We've got, okay. Okay. Uh, the 24th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, I got nothing. Um, I, I've seen this one like, okay, about a hundred million times. Because uh, growing up, like, you know, so my mom, we worked for the Foreign Service, right? Right. And every every Christmas, it'd be like, okay, we're in some godforsaken third world country. We're going to get together at the uh, with the other embassy people for some Christmas event. There's going to be a going to be a um, a special treat for the kids. Oh, it's Mickey's Christmas Carol again. So <laughs> well, every... Christmas Carol. Hmm? Say again. Oh, you said Nikki's Christmas Carol. Oh, <laughs> so is this the one where they just they just take old Disney cartoons and put them to music, like sing along music? No, it's not like it's not like DTV or anything. It was actually a feature, a short feature in front of a re-release of The Rescuers that was a very short retelling of a Christmas Carol starring Scrooge McDuck as Ebenezer Scrooge and Mickey Mouse as Bob Cratchit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And, you know, the the highlights are absolutely goofy as the ghost of Marley who keeps tripping over his own chains. And... I mean, and... I, I remember Peg Like Pete as the scary ghost. Oh, yeah, he was the ghost of Christmas Future, and he was he was pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And um, other than that, like, I think they... Uh, it's a fairly okay adaptation of A Christmas Carol, you know? They really gotta um... hustle through it, but, uh, I mean, it hits all the notes. Yeah, um, I mostly remember that like there's like it's all the Disney characters, and it's like well, most of these I don't th- Disney. Do you do you own these characters, or are you just claiming you own them now? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of weirdness in that. Um, who plays? Uh, we got like Jiminy Cricket is in it. He's like the Ghost of Christmas Past. Yeah, and the Ghost of Christmas the- Peasant is Willie the Giant from uh, from Mickey and the Beanstalk. Right, and I think it was like because it's like. They realize, like, oh, okay, we, we know that, like, Christmas future is the scary guy. Christmas present is the big, fat, jolly guy. Christmas past is, like, the girl. But then Disney's like, oh, we have no girl characters. So, Jimmy <laughs> Cricket. Actually, like, here's, a, here's something not everyone knows. This is actually based on a record that Disney had done about eight years previous, where... Where the uh, except it was a little different because the ghost of Christmas past was Merlin from the Sword in the Stone, and the ghost of Christmas future was Madame Mim. Oh, wild. yeah, it is wild. <laughs> I I can't even I can't imagine that. That's weird. <laughs> I I love the Sword in the Stone, so I wish they had kept that. But oh well. Okay, so moving on to the next one, we've got... Okay, okay. On the 25th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a Christmas story. We're doing non-animated ones? Yeah, we're moving into movies now. So this one, yeah, this is the one that everyone sees every, you know, about 10 times every Christmas because it has no 
no beginning and no end. Strongest, uh, my strongest memory of this movie is uh, seeing it for the first time last year. And also the fact that it has become the progenitor of a million like gifts for dads. Manufactured. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's like a little USB leg lamp or something, or here's like a little, you know, you'll shoot your eye out message sandwich board for your for your wall or something. On <laughs> it, you know, it's true because uh, I got a lot of mileage out of that and giving gifts to my dad for about ten years. <laughs> We've got a major award uh, strand of lights on our tree, so yeah, yeah exactly. Um, no, that's true because I remember my dad fucking loves this thing, especially, oh, let me tell you what he really loves. You know, the bit near the end where they're in the Chinese restaurant and the, of uh, course, and they're singing jingle bells, but because they're Chinese, they sing it wrong. Yes. My dad thought that was the most hysterical thing ever, uh, for years. And, uh, luckily, uh, there's a channel now on TV that plays it 24 hours a day on Christmas. So now everyone hates that movie because your family will put it on and just run it all day. It's it's hell. It's like it's like if you just put an episode of the Kids in the Hall on loop. It's just sketches, just short bits in and out. Yeah. And you know, I always confused it with Radio Days. I've never heard of that one. Uh, it's a uh, Woody Allen movie that's uh, very much in the same style. Oh, but. Hmm. Um, I, I recall, I mean, I guess like there's a sequel to this movie too, isn't there? But there's multiple sequels. I mean, uh -huh. there's one called a summer story. There's a Christmas story too. And then there's Ollie hot noodles, Haven of bliss. Okay. okay. What? That is an actual sequel to a Christmas story based on the same, based on the same writings by Gene Marsh. Is that when you die in the Christmas story universe? <laughs> 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 no, no. The the titular haven of bliss was this, uh, like this campsite that the family always went to in the summer. So, so they keep Ollie trying to Cotton. reboot it in the in the uh, summer, and it just never takes off. Mm. Yeah, um, they really should just you know le let it go. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I guess as a film, it's fine. You know, it's it's one of those movies that's. Um, it's it's hard to watch now without all its accompanying baggage, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I like I liked when it for I liked being reintroduced to it. I'm not sure if I'm up for listening to my mom what listen to it over and over again as she you know makes Christmas Danish puffs. You know, there's our Christmas tradition right there. But oh, but okay, let's go on another one. Let's see. Okay. On the 26th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Santa Claus the movie. Oh. Totally blank. Now, I, I've, I've, this is the one with Dudley Moore, right? Yes. Santa Claus, 1985. So I, I, know, I, know, I know of it that John, uh, sorry, uh, John Lickow plays uh, an evil man who wants to privatize Christmas, I think. Yeah, hey, just like what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, Dudley Moore is like a, a wacky elf who falls down a lot. Yeah, he's an elf who wanted to sell the sell the uh, he wants to sell the formula that lets the reindeer fly, so they can uh, put it in candy. That sounds familiar. Yeah, oh. I definitely remember kids floating around like they were fizzy lifting drinks. 
but <laughs> there's some sort of there there's the plot involves just this old man and his wife getting lost and being appointed Santa Claus in the North Pole or something and oh is that how it know, works yeah it's it's yeah, apparently being Santa is something you can be trapped into doing as well as you know it's sort of like the Santa Claus yeah right right okay so I guess that's a recurring theme in like Christmas movies just like being being coerced into becoming santa yeah San being santa is a kind of uh, purgatory it seems like you know i mean they've done a lot of like horror movies where like people are like forced to turn into clowns and shit but like i've never seen one where they're just like okay now you you have to be santa you must deliver toys forever oh, i like the idea of the santa claus but a horror movie yeah i mean i think it's got okay okay uh okay on the 27th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Scrooged. Oh, so that one, that's the modern retelling with um, uh, Peter Venkman as <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, uh, Bill Murray, that's right. Yes, Bill Murray. He's like a big office building rich guy and whoa, the 80s were crazy. Yeah. And yet another 80s villain based on Trump to a certain extent. Uh, for sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like I like Orleans' description of him as a big office building rich guy. <laughs> Not wrong. I mean, no, no, you it's, never it's see her go home. It's great because it's like, I, I mean, it's, it's a description that I simultaneously, I'm like, wait, a big office building rich guy. But also I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's what he is. <laughs> um, this, yeah. This one was advertised with uh, Bill Murray as back among the ghosts, but this time he's outnumbered. Oh, <laughs> so he was Peter Venkman. Yes, sort of. His, his character in this movie is named Frank Cross and he is the, CEO of a news of a of a TV station called IBC, and so it's it really is a snapshot of the state of mass media and technology in 1988. Hmm. Um, I I don't remember. I, I never actually watched this one. I mean, I know it exists, but it reminds me of that episode of the Real Ghostbusters where they busted the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. <laughs> that is a classic. Yeah, and then they came back afterwards and were like, oh no, we've destroyed Christmas. Everybody hates Christmas now. Yeah, they're yelling great. at each other. <laughs> so they had to they had to rescue the ghosts from the containment unit. And uh, Egon puts on like a big, you know, um, like a diving bell suit and he goes yeah. in. And uh, and then all the other ghosts like Sam Hain and the Marshall Man are like, what the fuck is this? We're going <laughs> to skate now too. Um, I mean, it was a good episode. It was a good episode. Any but, episode of the trap is the good episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What a what a good series. They should bring that back. <laughs> yeah, man, I it, mean, they can keep bringing bring, Ghostbusters back forever. Like, well, man, you know what? That's a good. They should. What if they rebooted Ghostbusters? I bet that go really good right now, and would not cause any sort of like you know meltdown uh, amongst you know the populace. <laughs> My favorite thing about Scrooge is that the uh, Ghost of Christmas Future actually has a TV for a face, and it keeps oh, yeah. phasing in and out. And actually, and there's that great moment where Bill Murray thinks he's because the whole plot of this is that 
the events of a Christmas Carol are happening while he's trying to plan this giant live Christmas Carol event on his on his TV network. So he keeps confusing the real ghosts for the ghosts that are made up for the show. Oh. And at one point, yeah, and at one point he looks into the Ghost of Christmas Future's coat and sees you know his bare ribs and hellfire and demons screaming at him, and he's like, like oh, yes. "Did did our people do that? We're gonna get phone calls." Huh. I mean, it's, it's a it's a great movie. This is you know everyone has their Christmas movie, and this one is mine. So I do recommend Scrooge if you've never seen it. Hmm. Have to check that out. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on. Okay. I think Aurelina will probably know this one. On the twenty eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the Nutcracker Prince. Oh shit! Okay, so this is the one with the with. Probably the the best animated mouse king. He's very cute, and he looks like like Templeton, but with <laughs> a suit of armor. Yeah, he looks like he looks like the next digivolution of Templeton, and <laughs> he really does steal the show. I mean, I think the mouse king always steals the show personally in every Nutcracker interpretation that I've ever seen, uh, unless it's the Mouse Queen, her his mother. She's often very cool. She's That's really true. great in this one too. It's uh, oh, what's her name? Damn, uh, Phyllis Diller. And but yeah, uh, one thing that's funny really about this one. Yeah, role. go on. Mm -hmm. I was going to say yeah. that's that's the role she tends to play. Yeah, but what I like about this one is that it flashes back to the origin of the Nutcracker, and the animation style completely changes, and it becomes Saturday morning cartoon style. Oh. Don Bluthy kind of style to this weird, yeah, like CBS in the '90s cartoon. Yeah, and it helps that the the king is voiced by the same guy who did the monster across the street on Beetlejuice. So, oh, wait a second, I remember this one. Is this like? I mean, um, I, I don't remember if this was part of that whole fairy tales for every child thing, but it had that no. kind of feel to it. I mean, no, it was a theatrical movie, and I mean, it's one of the best versions of the Nutcracker because, you know, the problem with the Nutcracker is that once the Mouse King is defeated, there's no, there's no action left, and it's just a tour of Candyland. Yeah. But in this one, the King isn't dead yet, so we see him, you know, slowly crawling his way back to kill Claire or Mary, whatever they're calling her in this one, you know, gut shot and, you know, his own... his. You know, trying not to cough up blood as he's like, I'm going to kill her! Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Well, sounds like it might be better than the Nutcracker in 3D. I, I... <laughs> Get, getting sounded with a hot paperclip is better than the Nutcracker in 3D. Why? Vivid. Okay. On the 29th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Edward Scissorhands. Is that a Christmas movie? Oh, it's absolutely a Christmas movie. It's about he, how he invents snow. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's been way too long. Um, I remember that uh, this is really probably the first role that we get Johnny Depp in that he plays for the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, play he's been playing this character ever since he played this character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a pretty good way of putting it. Um but remember the first time he did it and it seemed so fresh and everyone's like, Wow. Yeah. Um, 
and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna do this forever." Um, I I I remember this because Moody was obsessed with this movie when we, <laughs> we saw it for the first time. Uh, she was she was like she had the big feels for Edward. Oh yeah, I I don't blame her. I like it. Yeah, she wrote a lot of fan fiction about how like uh he totally fucks up Edward James Ol- not Edward James Ol- uh, Michael Anthony Hall in this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and um, I mean, it's remember being a good movie. I remember actually finding it pretty, uh, pretty touching. This was also Tim Burton before he was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna uh, continuously remake, um, you know, uh, what is that movie, yeah. Stripey Fox Lady movie? <laughs> um, I I have a rule about Tim Burton. If it's something that he didn't invent himself, don't go see it. Mm. With you know Beetlejuice, definitely Edward Scissorhands, sure. Uh, Dark Shadows, give it a fucking pass. Yeah, but it's, well, I think with Tim Burton, it's pretty much like the the last. Um, it's like don't don't bother with anything after Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, so, yeah, Sleepy but, Hollow was his last big good, good thing. Yeah. Um, someone mentioned that Sleepy Hollow is a movie where you watch it and it's like you can see the cracks forming. You can see all the things about Tim Burton that would be shitty in just a couple more years, but but yeah. we're still entertaining. True. Yeah, but anyway, Edward Scissorhands. Um, yeah. Um, um, I don't know if I could watch it again now. Mm, I feel like mm. there's too much Tim Burton baggage, but like, yeah, I, mean, I remember it being a good movie at the time. My favorite thing about Edward Scissorhands is Vincent Price as his Edward's father and how he's got this, you know, wonderful Willy Wonka-esque cookie machine and how it sort of cuts from him sort of holding up a heart-shaped cookie against one of his robots and getting this hmm expression to building a boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... A lot got left unsaid there. Yeah. Oh man, but you know what, Vincent Price, you just you, you you can't not love him. No, yeah, this was this was his last role, wasn't it? I think. Oh damn, um, yeah. Well, what a great man. Yeah, better better to go out on Edward Scissorhands than Transformers the movie. Sorry, yeah. Orson. Man, you know what else I like about uh, Vincent Price? If you ever listened to his uh, his cooking records, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's tremendously fond of eating. Yeah, yeah. He should have voiced Templeton. <laughs> he would have been a great Templeton. <laughs> well, he he made it up. What if what if he was? But what if Templeton was was as big as the planet? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and was king. And... Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. We got we got just two more. So on the thirtieth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the wrath. The what? what? You don't know the ref? Okay, the, the, this might be one of the most obscure ones here, but it's actually one of my favorites. This movie is about Dennis Leary as a burglar. And what? yeah, and he breaks into this affluent couple's house who have just been to a marriage counselor, but it, it turns into this weird farce where he's holding them hostage, but at the same time, they have to fake their way through a family holiday dinner and he pretends to be their marriage counselor who's sitting in on them. So he's the titular ref in that, in that uh, he's keeping them calm because they know he could shoot their kid at any time. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's it's kind of wild. And I mean, 
it's there's a lot of you know family baggage getting unpacked and my favorite moment is when the dad of this family says to his mother uh you know what i'm gonna get you for christmas mom a great big wooden cross so anytime you feel unappreciated you can just climb up and nail yourself to it (laughs) oh ouch yeah there's I know there are a lot of people who aren't big Dennis Leary fans, but I don't think he stole any Bill Hicks jokes for this movie. So. I, I can never remember. Dennis Leary. I always get it mixed up with Dennis Miller. <laughs> now, no. Dennis, Dennis Leary is the less sleazy one. Right. <laughs> that, that, that's a low bar, though. But. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Dennis Leary was the voice of the ladybug in uh, A Bug's Life. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've I've never heard of this. I actually thought you when you said it was like what the ref of con or something. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. Now for our last one for to cap off the, the old year on the thirty first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, this is uh this is my boyfriend's favorite movie. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Very. Uh, angry as all purists from the VHS days are that they took out one of the most important songs that completely ties the movie together for all the subsequent DVD releases. And I guess there was some big news recently that they're putting it back in. Yeah, the, it, there's, the song got cut out of theatrical version, but was put back in for the VHS version because, you know, things that work don't work in the theater do work at home sometimes. And So what was the song? I, it was a song that... Okay, so you know how Ebenezer Scrooge has this girlfriend that he left behind, but I mean, in the theatrical version, you see her for all of two minutes, but in the the VHS version has this song that he that she sings, and the elder Scrooge sings along with her as a duet, and it's really touching, and it works. And, oh, by the way, there are Muppets in this? Did I mention that? <laughs> That's the so, best part of it. <laughs> Um, I think so. Like, I'm gonna, I haven't seen this, so I'm just gonna guess. Okay, I'm gonna guess. Uh, does Kermit the Frog play Bob Cratchit? Yes, all right. And Miss Piggy is Mrs. Cratchit, I guess. That's correct, yes. Okay, but, and she really makes the role her own, so it's right. not a wasted role. And I'm gonna guess Robin is Tiny Tim. Yep, um, okay, uh, Ghosts of Christmas Present. No one you know. They're all original characters. Oh, yes. Wait, but people really love the Ghost of Christmas Present in this one. Oh, what's who? Who does he plays that? Uh, It's Jerry Nelson. Oh, I don't know that Muppet. (laughs) He's a he's a Muppet performer. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm gonna say it's like Jerry Nelson. I was like, is that like uh, is that like Crazy Harry or something? (laughs) Like. I think he was crazy, Harry. Yes. Okay. Um, gosh. So wait. So who? But but Fozzie's got to be in it, right? Ah, uh, he's Fozzie Wig. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll give him that. Um, I didn't realize this was Kaz's favorite movie, though. Oh. Yeah. Um, he has a very. He's he's big into the Muppets. So. Same here. He's big into all the best things that the Muppets have ever done, like have Alice Cooper on their show and Carol. <laughs> okay, and that that makes sense to me. Like I would expect, like oh, and, and when Vincent Price was on the show and everything too. So you know, 
I would uh, say that, yeah, if you haven't seen this one, do see it because, you know, she's right. This is not just, this is one of the best things the Muppets have ever done. I would say it's their best movie, period. And that might be a surprise since it's a post-Jim Henson thing, but... Wait, so... Huh. Well, I guess I will. I guess I'll have to watch another version of A Christmas Carol now. Yeah. Well, the good news is this is the definitive version of A Christmas Carol. This is oh, actually okay. the best version of A Christmas Carol. And what makes it so great is that Michael Caine never acknowledges that these are Muppets. <laughs> well, he, he plays it like he was doing Royal Shakespeare Company stuff. And right. he just. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's our advent calendar. Happy New Happy Year! Happy New Year! New Year. <laughs> so, did you guys do Batman Returns? No, we didn't do Batman Returns. Sorry. <laughs> because I just oh, watched like... it last night, and holy shit. Okay. Is it a Christmas movie? It's a fucking Christmas movie. Hell yes, it is. Yes, it is a Christmas movie. So, okay, let's let's record the one for the ref over again, since you didn't know that one. Okay, okay. on, uh, okay, what day was that one? That was the 30th? Okay. On the 30th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, Batman Returns. Yes, yes. I watched this again just last night. Um, definitely the best Batman movie and my favorite Batman movie. Um, but the entire movie takes place during Christmas and it's it's themed heavily toward Christmas. And it's the story of um, the penguins rise from the sewers to where he was discarded by his parents. Um, <laughs> along with a gang of freak show circus performers he rises to the top of of Gotham society and tries to tries to run for mayor. Wow. What I like about this one is how the penguin is, you know, how he's such a dark mirror of Bruce Wayne of how if things had gone just a little differently this they could have been each other. Which is right. like Can you imagine if Danny DeVito had been Batman? Cool. Wow. <laughs> there's the there's the B plot of Catwoman. Yes, uh, a distressed secretary for the corrupt uh, mogul Max Shrek. She gets kicked out a window and uh, gets revived by cats. And there's this amazing scene where she comes back to her shitty little apartment, just completely strung out after she's been resurrected by the cats. She trashes the place and she pointedly destroys all the um, the feminine, traditionally feminine things that she has around. So she destroys like. Her frilly, uh, her frilly plushes, her little dollhouse. She spray paints it. She's just going nuts. <laughs> she stole the Catwoman suit herself from a leather jacket. You know, oh. licking the blood as she pricks herself with the needle over and over again. Oh yes, and she smashes her giant "Hello there" neon sign, so it says "Hell here, here, hell here." Oh, damn. I mean, th this ain't your mama's cat woman. Yeah, this, yeah. this movie goes hard. I, I really appreciate that, uh, you know, Tim Burton was allowed to go so far with his own bullshit in a Batman movie. Um, I mostly remember that, like, Catwoman, yeah, she's got the stitches on her suit. Yeah, that is, yeah. That is a very iconic suit. Just so fascinating that they took it in a, in a feminist direction in, in the sense of, like, she is constantly espousing feminism, like this this idea that of egalitarianism and, and of women being treated like shit. And I don't think I realized it as much as a kid that this is like like a big B plot going on because in the end of the movie, when 
uh, Bruce Wayne and and Alfred are driving through the streets of Gotham looking for her. Um, uh, Alfred says, you know, Merry Christmas, Mr. Wayne. And Bruce says, Merry Christmas and goodwill toward men and women. <laughs> and Crunchberries. So Bruce Wayne learned. There's this amazing part where they're like the first fight scene with Catwoman and Batman and he uh, he hits her and she gets knocked down and she's like, how could you? I'm a woman. And he goes, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> Sucker. Yeah. It's the best. Wow. You know, that's interesting because I've actually never seen it. Oh, um, you haven't? Yeah, I, I recommend it. Yeah. You need I, it. I remember though when this came out, like people hated it. Like people were mad about this movie because they were like, I don't know why everyone like was raising their pants over the Jack Nicholson Joker. So when the second Batman movie came out, everyone's like, "What the fuck is this shit? There's no Jack Nicholson being a wacky guy in it." <laughs> now, what's what's weird about it is that the character Max Shrek, not to be confused with Ogre Shrek. Uh, I think he was scripted to be, uh, oh, crap, what's his name? Harvey Dent. Oh. Because he sure so, seems to wield a lot more power than just the this mogul should. Um, did, did they not bring back uh, Billy D. What was, what's his name? They Billy did bring Williams. back Billy D. Williams, but uh, I think, but I guess they decided, well, Two-Face has to be white, so... But yeah. I ended up not using him for Two Face anyway. So I thought they just recast Two Face at all in the next one. Who cares? Yeah, it's the one where everyone's like, "Yeah, we're we're giving up on this." Yeah, I I mean, Batman and Robin is bad, but it's spectacularly bad. Batman Forever is just bad, bad. Um, which one is the one with Poison Ivy? That's the fourth one, Batman uh, and Robin. Okay. Um, I I um, I remember seeing that one, and I like the part where Bane uh, he they he he gets shrunk. <laughs> I like the part where Poison Ivy first appears as a pink gorilla. <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> a lot goes on in that movie. Uh, well, Batman. He's um. Well, you know, there've been so many Batmans at this point. Yeah. So many Batmen, you might say. Um, yeah. but um. How many versions of Catwoman have we seen on the big screen? Uh, just... There's that one, and then there's the the Holly Berry one. Ugh. Last night, right after Batman Returns. And uh, <laughs> the best part about that movie is, is that she spends probably about an hour of the movie as liquid plastic flying around the city. <laughs> <laughs> really weird stuff where time they instead of doing like a regular exterior shot where they show a building they like come in swooping and like do a 360 around it like it's setting the stage for a video game level <laughs> player one get ready exactly <laughs> well, so they're, they're doing the sam raimi like forest shot thing <laughs> but a million times worse wow <laughs> um so i guess that means we've had what three cat women there's Halle Berry, there's um, Michelle Pfeiffer, and then what's her face? The um, the one who was, you know, the, the one from the the one from the Dark Knight movies. Yeah, I don't right, remember right. who that was now, but and uh, the yeah. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. She was in that too, I think. Oh yeah, that was theatrical. That counts. Uh mm huh. -hmm. And 
and also I think there was a Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie, but I mean, like they were all there, so that yeah. barely counts. Huh. Okay, how many theatrical penguins have there been? Uh, the one. Yeah. Wow. So literally, literally just ju- yeah, just follow that. It's the if you Mike, uh, you need to like torrent it or or rent it or something like right now because it's a very new movie. All right. Well, I'll take a look at this. I'll, I'll see this. Um, yeah, Catwoman is definitely the kind of character I can see Mike cosplaying as. <laughs> oh, you know, you have to take this out. Are like disenfranchised circus folk and like what appears to be the remnants of the clown army that the Joker raised. And there's this amazing woman with a trained poodle who at the end of the movie just kind of fades away into the darkness. What? <laughs> Okay, and I, I ain't gonna lie, I cried. I felt for the penguin. Yeah, yeah, the penguin's story is amazing. Um, I remember that like uh, this was the penguin where they're like, oh yeah, he's he's kind of like um a mutant, I think. Yeah, he's like a cryptid or something, but he's a cryptid that was born in, into wealth and power and wants, you know, trying to claw his way back to it. And they just like, nope, nope, you're still a monster. Get over it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, they, uh, uh, I remember because Batman the Animated Series, they briefly were like, look, we're going to have the, the Burton Penguin in this. But then they kind of gave up. Yeah, they 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 wanted they wanted the original penguin. Actually, I heard uh, that they were originally going to have reinvent the penguin entirely to be inspired by Norman Bates. Huh. <laughs> but then Batman Returns happened, and so they had to sort of match him up with the uh, Danny DeVito version. I, yeah. I honestly, I think Danny DeVito's is the definitive penguin, personally. But for sure. All right. Well, well something to check out, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Covered in prosthetics, and as a kid, when I first saw that movie, you know, I assumed the nose and the and the the flipper hands were fake, but I literally thought his body was was his real body. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's kind of shaped like an egg. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he looks. He's more. It's more appropriate to call him the penguin than it ever was in the comics. It's like, why is he called the penguin? Because he uses umbrellas. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he does. He actually, yeah, does look like a penguin. So, man. So, um, yeah, and that's another way that he parallels Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is a normal guy who dresses up like a bat, whereas the penguin is this penguin monster that dresses up as a normal person. Oh, yeah. man, there are layers in this one. Yeah. Okay, I think we could. I think we've got enough for the episode now because I'm going to put these up as, you know, we're going to put these up as actual episodes when I like collect them into fifteen chunk chunks of half a month each. So nice. So we'll get all of this in. So alrighty. Okay. Well. That's good. Yeah. All right. All right. This was this was a delight. This was worth waking Wait. up at dawn for. <laughs> for you, I slept till noon. <laughs> yeah, but I was up till eight. So. Uh, oh yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs>